Hello and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin. I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. You know, it's one of those days that I came to do the pod. We're doing the pod on a little off day today, a little different than what we usually do. It has had me thrown off all day. Yeah. So we were looking at doing that, and I was like, uh, you know. And I came in, and I'm like, boy, I hope I got enough, and then... The, the good Lord provides. We had a guest, right. <laughs> a guest just happened to be sitting here at the bar. And is that not the greatest part of the cigar shop? It, it really is. You never know. And, and like I mentioned when we spoke to him, you know, it's it, it really feels like cigar royalty. I know he was being very humble and, and, and didn't see it that way. But anytime you get to speak to a member of the Aurora family, I really feel like I'm sitting in the shadow of greatness. So we sat down with... Justo Aurora. Justo Aurora. And... We're going to have that interview for you later in the show, um, but right now, why don't we talk about the cigars that we're smoking? Yeah, so he gave us his, uh, his brand is Aladino, and also the Aroa family owned Camacho, and then when Camacho was sold to Davidoff, and you'll hear more about that in the second half of the show, I don't want to let the kitty out of the burlap. But um, we're both smoking. I'm smoking the Maduro. You're smoking the Maduro? Yeah, we're both smoking the same cigar, which is a Corojo. It's an all-Honduran cigar, and the, the binder and filler are Corojo, and this is a Mexican San Andreas wrapper. When I taste this cigar, it feels like it has been aged the perfect amount of time. It really does. For a young company like this to come out with a cigar that tastes so well-balanced uh-huh. is something you don't get very often yeah it it just kind of feels like this is the the you know sometimes you'll grab a cigar and it'll feel like it's a little young sometimes you'll grab one and it'll actually i had one today this morning that felt a little old of course it was old it was a traviata from before cao was bought by general yeah um so it was old but it had that little old taste but this the timing on this tobacco seems perfect yeah it really does that's the part that's that's really impressed me about that. But so let's talk about the show. Let's talk about some good news first. I think we've got an entire episode without a legislative update. I yes. know I know our listener is going to be happy with that. <laughs> so right off the bat, let me see. Well, let's talk about something fun. Let's talk about the new Lafine Slums launching La Petite Cutter. This we. I, could not have picked a better person to partner on a cigar on the cigar cast with than someone who cannot pronounce anything in another language. I love it. I'm I I'm can, just as guilty. I can barely make English work. So you're asking a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it gives me so much entertainment. Although I can't guarantee that I'm any better. Well, it's on half wheel, and it's the the pocket knife style cutter. And oh. these they've been making these for a couple of years. And I think the the full stop, the regular one, is about $350? Yeah, somewhere right in there. Well, they finally have come out with a, a, a petite version. Yeah, so this one is, um, it says it will cut up to a 70 ring gauge, and I believe it. I see no reason not to. You know, I actually prefer the design of this one to the other. Well, okay, so the knife guy in me wants to say this is a Tonto-style blade. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tonto being it has the more clipped edge. It's not a drop point. It's not It's not a lot of different things. It's a Tonto-style blade on it, and it has the hinge on the back so that you can do it. I'm interested to see how it cuts. So they're doing this 
I've I've heard from people who have used the original because there's a lot of imposters out there. But apparently this brand of this style, the full-size version cuts extraordinarily well. And what I like about this design over the the previous version is that the top is open. Right. Now, it doesn't it, it's it's closed enough that you couldn't cheat, you know, and get a bigger size cigar in there. But it just from a design standpoint, I love the fact that the the hole for the cigar is open at the top. Well, and this is a chance to get a bargain. So this is the amazing part about the time we live in. You have Indiegogo, you have um, Kickstarter, you have GoFundMe. GoFundMe, you have any so of many- those crowdfunding arenas. Yeah, so they're launching an Indiegogo campaign September third, where you can get one of these for one hundred nineteen dollars with the free thirty dollar leather sheath. That's pretty good. And uh, now, you know what I love most about this cutter? What is that? I can sharpen it myself. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm such a I'm so obsessed with sharpening my knives and my hunting. I always very particular about keeping my knives sharp and everything cutting properly. So this this cutter appeals to me on a lot of levels. It does me too. And I really think that that's a lot of money to spend on a cutter. It, but if you think about it in the grand scheme, scheme of things, it's not that much money to spend on a pocket knife. Right. I mean, it is, but it isn't. In, I mean, especially when you've got Kershaw and Ken Onion making pocket knives that can go well into the $350, $400 range. Oh, yeah, Benchmade. Benchmade is kind of the, the super high-dollar pocket knife right. of the world. So, yeah, it looks good. Is it SOG? Is, is, is that one? Are they? Uh, SOGs are cheaper. Oh, okay. But they're good knives. I mean, I've got several SOGs. I really like them. But I've got, like, 500 knives. Do you have any Argyle SOGs? <laughs> Genuine Argyle SOGs. And all, but you can check out the article on Half Wheel. It's right up there on their page. Really looks like a going to be a pretty neat little deal. Yeah, I, you know, like I said, I don't drop that kind of money very often. It takes it. It kind of I have to emotionally get on that level. I, I think I'll be pulling the trigger on on joining that that uh, Indiegogo campaign because yeah. that's that's a great deal on something that I've had my eye on since they released the original. Speaking of accessories. I pulled up another one that I found. This one from Aficionado. I think we may have talked about this when they originally announced it, but I don't remember, you know, you build a better mousetrap and the world will beat a path to your door, right? Build a better cutter and people are going to question your integrity and your intellect. And, and I say that because, you know, we go from a piece like that, which is very beautifully designed, very simple, to the Screw Pop Magpulse, which is a standard double guillotine cutter. But rather than springs, it uses rare earth neodymium magnets as the release on the that springs the blade open. Right. You know, we talked about Screw Pop also released a, a keychain cigar cutter. A, I guess it's been a little over a year ago we talked about it now. And by all accounts and reviews, it was garbage. The reviews on this actually seem to be fairly positive. It's a very simple, sleek look. It's got the single push button release. And, and when you release the button, the um, th- there are two runners on slides and there's magnets with uh, like poles facing each other, which of course you know, like repels, and and so it springs it open. The 
the uh, the size and shape looks like it would fit in a pocket really well. Don't see anything about a sheath or, or anything like that from here. But you know, at I've got to get down to where it was at a hundred bucks. I think I'm intrigued enough that it I'd really like to try it. But at the same time, I don't know that. I think this is more of a coulda, not shoulda. Right. Does it bring anything new to the table other than the magnetic holding? I mean, is that really bringing anything to the table for us? I mean, all things considered, I, I think it's great. Anybody who has had a Calibri V or right. the straight cut version and taken it apart, which, of course, you know I have many times, the springs as you're trying to take – because. I will say this, part of maintenance on your accessory should be taking apart and cleaning it. And when you do that, the springs tend to fly around and they tend to get lost and they tend to... So the idea from a maintenance perspective, and there are several what it looks like hex screws on the face of this. So it looks like it would be fairly easy to disassemble. From a, from a putting back together standpoint, I can see how this would be much better than springs. You know, but... Really, what? six months to a year is really all you need to do that. So I don't think, I don't know that the once or twice a year that you take this thing apart makes it worth a hundred bucks compared well, to Calibri's fifty dollars or Zycar's forty for the XI one. Well, and let's talk about that for a second. The when you take it apart and you clean it, what cleaning solution do you use? Alcohol. Just use straight alcohol. Straight alcohol. Do you use denatured alcohol or do you just use straight? I just use straight alcohol. Okay, well, it evaporates. It should be fine. No, yeah. I, I use denatured alcohol on most things like that, especially just for for sanitary reasons, things like that. So the Puro Sabor Nicaraguan Cigar Festival. And uh, it's coming back in 2020, so they did not have this festival last year. This is one of the premier cigar festivals in the world. They canceled it kind of at the zero hour because of the protest that was going on down there at the time, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so this year in 2020, they're coming back big time with it. It's going to be January 21st to the 25th and starts in the capital city of Managua. Okay. And it's actually going to go Managua, Granada, and Esteli, which Esteli is kind of the cigar capital of Nicaragua. Managua may be where the you know the governor or president or whoever it is that's in charge of that place lives, but Esteli is where the cigar capital is. Um, when you so check this out, when you get there, they give you a box of cigars, an entire box of cigars as part of your package, and this is no so you get a box of cigars, a Gallabera. And a T-shirt. What is a Gallabera? It's a it's a shirt. It's the Cuban style um, button-up shirt, short sleeve. Usually has four pockets. Oh, okay. So the that's one, that's what anytime a Gallia... you watch a cigar documentary and someone's walking around their farm, that's the type of shirt they're wearing. Okay, so so I need to go on Amazon and look at Gallabera for my my trip to Tampa. Absolutely. Or I guess they'll sell them there. They will. You will have no trouble finding a Gallabera while you're there. And all the so and the price of this is not bad, including meals, tours, dinners, cigars, a box of cigars, and transportation within Nicaragua, sixteen hundred dollars a ticket or thirty one hundred dollars for a pair. That's not bad at all, uh, especially getting a discount on a pair. And then I think Nicaragua flights to Nicaragua, I wouldn't imagine are super expensive. No, I wouldn't imagine it's hard to get down there. And also, they I'm really excited to see this particular aspect coming back. Yeah. 
And also, speaking of which, uh, there's a, a little bit sooner and closer to home, there's a, uh, in Milwaukee, if anybody happens to be up near there, there's the 7th Annual Brew City Cigar Festival is going to be held August 17th. Um, the only thing I don't like about this is that, unlike your article, which told you how much tickets are, this one does not. Um, but it's a, it's a one-night festival. But it's going to be uh, premium cigar companies there, reps, uh, people involved in the industry. There's going to be people there with, you know, spirits and beer and doing that sort of aspect of things too, live music, um, raffle prizes, that sort of thing. And an all-inclusive perks of premium cigars valued at over $175 when you include swag, spirits, craft beer, and, and the cigars themselves. So... If you happen to be, you know, if you want to escape the 115-degree heat index that we have down here and 6,300% humidity, it might be worth a trip up to Minneapolis or Milwaukee. So let's step away from the news for a second. We've been trying to get to this topic for three weeks, and I really want to get it out there. Let's talk about open, empty boxes in the humidor. Are All you right. F- so... One of the things Are that you I, for it or against it? Yeah. One of the things that irritates me is when I go into a humidor and there's all these empty boxes sitting around. And, I'll, and that just really bothers me because, to me, it, it makes it feel like the shop isn't keeping up, even though it may be production problems, it may be distribution troubles. Could be any of a million things. But I just don't like it. I guess if I owned a shop, I would pull the empty boxes. See, I have a hard time with this, especially... Let's look at the history of the shop that we're sitting in right now. Now, the particular corner that we're recording in used to be the humidor. And I remember towards the end of the first owner's time at the helm, you would walk in and the thing was empty. Right. You'd open and, the door and, I, and bats would fly out. And I don't mean like no cigars in it because that's true, but also no, they pulled the boxes too. And you walk in. And there's a couple of boxes here, a couple of boxes there, a couple here. There were probably... 12 facings at when it got, you know, it, it looked so cavernous and empty and sad. You know, and we got to a point under the previous ownership after the humidor move where it was the same state of affairs, but they weren't pulling the boxes from the shelves. They were letting them sit there empty and they were just closing the lids on it. It's one of those things that's a little tricky for me because when you first walk in the door, it doesn't look nearly as sad. You don't feel like this place isn't going to be here very long. But then you see a cigar you want and you go, oh, 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 oh. And it, so I see it both ways. If you owned the shop, which way would you go? Half and half. You'd, you'd leave some boxes just so they know you got them coming back? Yeah. I, I think, Way to commit, Trey. I think it, well, no, because I think if you if there is a cigar that you have coming back, first of all, and these are famous last words, if I did own a shop, wouldn't have that problem to begin with. I'd like to think that anyway. So, because because most often it's it's either manufacturing issues or shipping issues is far more common. So you can't always plan for that. Well, you know, we spoke about it last week, and it is a constant thing here. You know, Austin's all the time saying, yeah, these were supposed to be here three days ago. Or three months ago in some cases. He's calling his rep, raising cane, hey, where are these cigars you promised me? And, 
yeah, I can I can kind of see it both ways, but I, I'd pull the empty boxes. I'd just have, because then it, the benefit is if you pull the empty boxes and they've not been sitting in there, then when they do come in and you put them in there, people think new cigar. It does look it does look fresher when when it when the shelves get repopulated. I will definitely give you that. But I think it really comes down to the extent that you have this issue. If you have a lot of empty boxes, then I think it probably does benefit you to to pull them. But if it's just one or two here and there, I think leave them there, especially if it's something that's coming in behind it. Oh, yeah. It also gives you the opportunity to reorganize your humidor. If you're pulling a bunch of, and you all of a sudden you can see with fresh eyes, oh, there's a big dead spot here. I can move this stuff around, and this would go, you know. And and you can tell your customers that's what you're doing, and they won't notice the fact that you just haven't ordered cigars in three months. Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> I've, I've had an amazing week in cigars this week. Yeah. And all Sunday was SummerSlam, so all the guys come over wrestling. I had been saving an Undercrown Dogma. But a friend that came there brought me one of the LFD factory press. Oh, what did you think? Oh, I love it. I love that cigar. The The price on that cigar is about $5 more than I want to pay for that particular cigar. Mm-hmm. But I did. You'll be proud to know I followed strict cigar etiquette. And, and you smoked it. And I smoked it. I, I saved the dogma. I'll have to smoke the dogma in a future show. But I did smoke the factory press. And that's such a great cigar. It's probably... It's not as strong as all LFDs are. It's not as full body, but it seems really complex. Just a great smoke. Have you had one? I think I've had one. Yeah. The thing for me with LFD is that I've kind of stopped. I I was a big LFD fan for a while. Back when I was chasing the dragon of strength. And then I started, then my palate changed again. And I started going more towards flavor and nuance than boldness and strength. And when I go back to them now, I just, I don't get anything out of them from a flavor standpoint. It's just, it's very much a one note chord, if even that. I don't know if it's I burnt my palate out on it or if it's that I just don't strength, taste strength for strength's sake anymore. I'm not sure what it is. Well, you know, I've noticed that my palate kind of is becoming more subtle. I'm mm-hmm. starting to catch more subtle hints of things. And then yesterday, a bunch of guys from, a, from the cigar shop here, we all went and played golf in a golf tournament. And the gentleman that sponsored the tournament for us gave us three cigars each. And all. And it's nice because he didn't just, he did it right. He did not just give it Cliff. I know you're listening. I appreciate it dramatically. <laughs> He's absolutely a wonderful guy. And he actually had Austin help him choose cigars for each person individually. It wasn't just one of each of these three cigars for everyone in the foursome. It was, these are for you, these are for you, these are for you. Right. You know, for me, he chose the Ricochet. He chose the LFD Double Lajero in the Connecticut and the um, Four Kicks, which I still have the Four Kicks. I didn't get to smoke it, but I smoked the Ricochet first. And there's nothing like on the golf course when you in between putts. You know, of course, I've got all the gadgets. I've got the clips and the T-rests and all that stuff and as bad as my golf game is it's yeah i needed a really good cigar to save it (laughs) and uh what have you smoked this week i hate when you do this to me you got to prep me for this uh because i don't (laughs) well because the thing is is i don't really branch out throughout the week um i haven't i did have something i did have something this week that i thought i need to remember that i smoked this and i don't remember what it was well, and you've been batch so when you bachelor it, and all, I know that the significant other has been out of town, the yeah. executive producer. Do you smoke more or less? 
About the same. About the same doesn't really affect either way. The only exception, uh, for the most part, it, it for the most part I smoke about the same. Although yesterday I did smoke more than I would have normally on a Monday night, just because. So I spent this weekend. I took her to the airport at five thirty on Saturday. When you start your Saturday morning at five thirty a.m., Saturday's a long, stinking day. <laughs> so. I ended up, I didn't have my first cigar because I was working in the yard and I was d- doing some other stuff and I went for a bike ride. And so I didn't have my first cigar until the sun was setting. So I smoked two on the patio and then called it a night. And then Sunday I did kind of the same thing. Yet, so because I spent all weekend, I didn't even start my car all weekend. And so finally by Monday night, after work yesterday, I was like, that's it. i got to get out of the house. I've got it. So I went for a run. I came down here, and I actually smoked one at work yesterday and two sitting here on the patio because I just needed that human interaction. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that, that's what cigars are all about. It's such a social thing. So let's step away for a break real quick, and when we come back, we'll come back with our interview with Justo Iroa. Iroa. Thank you. And I'm still, I'm going to struggle with that my whole life. Well, it's funny because I can't say his first name and you can't say his last name. So we're just going to have to like group say his name. We're going to have to give the assist. So we'll do that and then we'll come back and wrap up the podcast. All right. We'll be back with that more after this. back to the cigar cast this is one of your hosts shane sitting with the man that sometimes needs to smoke a cigar to cleanse his palate of all the things he was too nice to say <laughs> i worked on that one i like that trey one. dedman <laughs> which considering i actually called someone out for being a jack wagon online today which i tried to avoid but i just couldn't help it that I think that's fitting. I appreciate that. Well, being getting into the real estate business has made me quit posting things, replies on people's pages of a snarky nature. Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, oh, you know, everybody's a potential customer. When you're a realtor, everybody's a potential customer. So you kind of got to walk that line just a little bit. It's true. I have, I have loosened my, my keyboard warrior kind of parameters lately, and I need to dial it back down. Still not being mean or vindictive, but just being a little more snarky, a little more sarcastic, a little goofier than normally. Anyway. So, first article I want to hit real quick. This is from Cityland, the New York Cityland Use News and Legal Research paper. Okay. And this is about... (coughs) This is about coughing. This is about coughing. Um, Cigar seller fined $2,000 and lost his license. So, 161 Stationary Smoke Shop, a prior violator. So, this wasn't his first violation. But to me, this seems, I don't know, this seems a little nitpicky. Well, it is, but... he got So, he got fined for selling a $2 cigar on the counter, and it was not in a pack of four. And by the New York regulations, you can only sell these small cigars, the machine-made cigars, in packs of four. So, the part of me that's a rules guy likes this. But the part of me that's a cigar guy is like, ah, that seems that seems like you're you're out to get somebody. Well, but it's it's like we have said in the past about a mutual acquaintance of ours. If you don't like the rules, do something to change it. You can't just ignore it because you don't like it. Right. 
So as much as I think this is a stupid rule, um, and because it doesn't really have any bearing on anything, uh, unless it's... The only way I could see this being important or necessary is, you know, when it comes to food products and things like that, anything marked for individual sale has to have um, nutrition information and that sort of thing. So it could be that on the individual cigar, it doesn't have the Surgeon General's warning that is on the pack. It doesn't have, so it doesn't meet packaging requirements and therefore it kind of has to, I, I could only, I could see that as being why. But still, who cares? Well, I'm just glad they didn't choke this guy to death like they did the last time someone tried to sell individuals. Sure. Well, it just seems to me that, yes, the rules are the rules and we should follow the rules, but this seems to me like, okay, so we've got all the other crime handled, that this is what we're at? Oh, no, I completely agree. Uh, d- don't get me wrong. Um, just because I can see where they're coming from doesn't mean I think they should be coming from there. So next article I do want to hit, though, because this is, this is interesting to me. Love it. This is from the Valley Breeze, and it's Gloucester. Gloucester. Um, Gloucester? Mm-hmm. Gloucester. Where's Gloucester? Massachusetts. Gloucester, Massachusetts. There you go. You, you, you made it. Oh. You Thank you. some more cigars. <laughs> Will do. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So you brought us more cigars, and I'm really enjoying this. Yeah, I um, am too. I, I'm actually quite surprised by how much I'm enjoying this cigar. Yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying this, and I'll enjoy that one tomorrow morning. Although knowing the pedigree of, of where it comes from is, is not surprising to me at all that I like it. And we'll hear more about that in a minute. Yeah. So Doug Lovett of Lovett's Fine Cigars and Arts, located at 1184 Putnam Avenue, Putnam Pike, wanted to make a more diverse cigar shop. So he has now a cigar lounge that also has fine art for sale, also has art pieces from local artists, and things like that in it. I love this, but anybody who has ever spent any amount of time in a cigar shop knows that you have to take a chemical bath to get the smell off when you get home. Depending on the filtration system. Yeah. So... How I, I, I love the idea of making your shop more inclusive, more diverse, and I think this is a great pairing, fine art with cigars. I think that goes together so well. But I don't know that, even myself, I don't smoke in my house. I don't know that I'd want a piece of art that spent three months in a cigar shop coming into my house. See, I, I don't think it would be that big a deal. I don't think that the the smell would linger. I don't think it would be any problem. And I, I've if it's, got to think. If it's, a, if it's like a painting on canvas, it will be in there forever. See, that wouldn't bother me. But it would some people. But well, now if it's a sculpture that you can, like, clean, something like that, I'm all for it. Well, Which I'm a sculpture fan more than I am a painting fan anyway. Well, it even has a yoga studio, underground yoga, in the back of the building. Oh, that's fantastic. And also, can you do a downward dog with a cigar in your mouth? With that? Hopefully. I, I hope they do cigar <laughs> yoga. Oh, that would be so much better than hot yoga. Right? Do cigar yoga. Although, looking around the shop right now, I see no one that I would want in yoga pants <laughs> working, working on that particular issue. But I thought that was pretty interesting that they did that. So, so on, on that point, let's go back to if you own the place. Kind of like we were talking about with empty boxes on the shelves. What's one thing you think you could add to a cigar shop along those lines that would enhance the overall clientele of the place? I love Enfuego cigars in Las Vegas. 
because they have a guy sitting there in the back rolling the cigars. And you have the option of a fresh roll. And I don't think you do that. You keep one there all the time. But I think once a month, if you had the roller in there and he was actually rolling fresh ones so as people come in on a hot night, they could see that. Yeah, but that's still going to attract cigar smokers, whereas what he's trying to do or smoke is attracting people who would otherwise maybe not find themselves in the cigar lounge. That's true. I'm thinking pinball. Now, it can get a little loud, but if you had a separate area, I'd love to go see a, like an old-school pinball arcade and cigar lounge. How fun would that be? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, down in Madison, he has a game room. Mm-hmm. And all they have their poker table there. They have their pool table there. They have Big Buck Hunter in the video games. And what's is it Golden Tee, the big yeah. golf game that everybody loves to play? Yeah, which I've never played once in my life. I, me neither, but I've seen them there playing it and all. But he's, he's got the square footage. That to be able you, to accommodate it. Right. You don't sit here and hear balls clacking in the background while you're trying to have a conversation. That's a whole other kind of cigar shop altogether. <laughs> but really interesting. So one more article I want to hit. We've been talking about cutters. And I showed you this cutter beforehand, and you were not very impressed. I just uh, This looks like the Shurkin reimagined to me. It looks like it's going to be that bad. So this is the Select Draw Cutter. This launched in December of 2018. And it has, so basically it looks like a bishop in a game of chess. Yeah, it does. Basically has that shape, comes with it on a little back, and it's got three spikes that come out of the bottom. And the three spikes you can choose to poke your cigar through the cap once with it in the middle or twice and it even shows poking up the sides. I can't imagine poking up the side of my cigar not leaking okay. smoke. I think, well, I think the idea would be that you would smoke it with so much of it in your mouth that you're covering up the holes. Because that, that's the other thing to me is if you're going to poke down the length of the cigar, you've got to make sure that your mouth is covering all three of those holes when you smoke it. Otherwise, you're just ruining the draw of your cigar. So this is a really good article in Half Wheel. I will say the gentleman that did this article, his name was Brooks Whittington. He did an outstanding job on this article. I love his articles. Yeah, he's a very good writer. And he breaks it down at the back. So the good, he put the high-quality craftsmanship, balance. You can really tell there's thought went into how it was going to feel in your hand, so it's very ergonomic. Um, Unique design, and it is dual purpose, because like right now I'm using a cigar pick. Right. On my cigar. Now, I don't know how well this one works in particular for that because the good thing about my cigar pick is it's very thin. Right. So I can smoke all the way down to the pick. This bigger, bulkier bottom, the bottom of a chess piece, basically. Yeah, it seems like, and especially having the three pokers, in order for them to be effective in punching the cigar, they have to be fairly close together. Right. But in order to be effective as a cigar pick... They have to be far enough apart that you're only going to stab it once or twice, and it still be balanced. So it's it's really tough balance that it's playing with there, and it just looks like it's trying to be too many things to too many people. Well, the bad side of it, he said, damaged your caps, mm-hmm. that this would damage the cap, especially if you try to go for the multi-poke or if your cigar's a little dry or something like that. Right. Um, it said that you get a lot of tar coming out of the, the holes. I can believe that. And then there's just a lot of wasted time because it is so simple just to snip your cigar and move on with life. Yeah. 
And especially when there's so many good cigar pokers on the market. Because the other thing that's nice about yours is if, like, was it last week? Yeah, it was last week when I had that cigar that was so tightly wrapped I couldn't draw through it. I was able to use that to kind of open it up. And it did make a, uh, make a difference and it helped. So, but you don't get that, perp- that multi-purpose function out of this. Right. So his, his summation of the article, he did compare it to the Shuriken, which I have the Shuriken, and it is one of the worst designs for cutters ever, ever made by man. Um, his wrap-up is, should you buy this? And the answer is no. Yeah. Um, it just it, it looks nice. It looks cool. But nobody would ever suspect this of being a cigar cutter. Right. And uh, well, let's wrap up and let's go to our interview with Husto. And everybody listen to that. And we'll be back right after he's done. We're here with Justo Irora. Irora? Irora, perfect. Irora. You said it perfectly, Shane. And I've been mispronouncing it <laughs> no, for so many doing, years. I know I'm going to slip up again no, at some point. Great. You're doing Having great. that last name on our podcast, I honestly feel like we're sitting with Cigar Royalty. I'm nah, not, I'm don't, not don't, kidding. Don't, no. <laughs> cigar Farmer, yes, but not Royalty. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so, okay. Tobacco Farmer. <laughs> this is one of those great things about being at a cigar lounge. You end up meeting somebody just out of random, and we happen to have the podcast gear. So thank you first for taking a little time to sit down with us and tell us about this, because Aladino is a brand we don't talk about a lot. Well, thank you so much, and great meeting you guys up here. It's wonderful. I mean, this is a great place to be, and uh, I, I do appreciate it, you asking me to, to, to sit down with you guys. So tell us about this cigar. I want to know all about it. Then we're going to find out about you, but we got to know the cigar first. Well, the c- <laughs> cigars, you know, this is actually one of my dad's things that he wanted to do. I mean, you know, I mean, if you know, in 2008, we we, we got out of the business because, you know, we had a Davidoff bought the old Camacho brands and everything that went with it, you know, Backrat, La Fontana, mm-hmm. National Brand, and all their brands. So we had a non-compete, but at the same time, we also kept the farms. We supplied a lot of the tobacco to the Davidoff group so they could continue to produce, you know, the, the Camacho brands. And As uh, I understand it, they bought the, the Camacho name and the lines in the portfolio, but not the blends. Is that correct? No, no, so no, no. They bought, they bought everything. Oh, they, okay. but, yeah, but, they, but, you know, the, the blends come with the tobacco. Okay. And so we continue to supply the tobacco for years. Oh, okay. But we also, my dad had a non-compete, so we had to stay out of the business for a while and just okay. grow tobacco. Okay. And, you know, as time goes on, non-competes expire and also... Uh, you know, tobacco manufacturing uh, changes a little bit in, in their part, and it allows us to free tobacco up. And then my dad wanted to uh, keep working. He, you know, he's 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 a young 81 man, <laughs> and he's uh, he's uh, he's very passionate about farming uh, as well as I am. So uh, you know, we the right thing to do is you know we need to keep you know running the farm, the operation at the same time keep people working. And, and, you know, so we started back up again. Yeah. That's excellent. And, and Aladino is, is, is the brand that, you know, we decided to come out with. Okay, so we're smoking the Maduro. Is this the San Andreas wrapper? That is the San Andreas wrapper. Oh, I love the San Andreas wrapper. It's a beautiful, you, you can feel the toothiness, you know, all San Andreas wrappers, by characteristic, will have a great toothiness on it. So where's the farm at? Where's the actual farm the, where y'all? The, the farm of us is probably the oldest farm in the Central American region. It was started in 1962, 61, 62, uh, right before the Cuban embargo. And uh, when the Cuban embargo came, uh, a lot of the manufacturers in Tampa, which is the cigar capital of the world, 
needed to get tobacco to get, you know, Cuban seed and tobacco to, 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 to manufacture cigars because they couldn't get any more tobacco from, uh, from Cuba. So basically you had to get uh, Dominican Republic came online and Nicaragua also accepted a lot of Cuban immigrants to start growing tobacco in Nicaragua, and that's how the region developed. Okay. So, and that's how my dad ended up in, 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 in Honduras to oversee one of the, to actually do the selection process of a crop that I already started in Honduras in, 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 in 61 and 62. So, the, you know, he was one of the first guys to be out there actually sending the first crops into Tampa. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, do you are you involved in the blending? Are you involved in the marketing? Are you involved? I mean, there's so many aspects well, of it with the farming, I, I, and I, I'm involved in, in all phases, but more now in, in in the sales and marketing of the product because when you launch a new brand name, it takes a lot of work. You know, a lot of meeting and greeting, and, and we, you know, we just have to hit the road. Yeah. Well, it's like I was telling you before the show, the first Aladino I ever had, um, a listener of ours down the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico sent it to me and I said this is a very it's a very Mexican flavored cigar it doesn't really taste as much Nicaraguan or as much you know Honduran it really has that more classic taste and all he sent me a couple for Christmas and all Alex well, out there and, well I gotta thank Alex then yeah and <laughs> which he didn't share with me I don't know how he got them but you know it was wonderful <laughs> well I brought I think I brought you no, one no two, you did not maybe three no. No. Oh, okay. Anyway, so, Alusto, uh, tell us more about yourself. Quick, get me out of this hole. <laughs> no, see, this is what happens. He complains while Husto's lighting his cigar so he that's, can't get me out of the hole. That's no. right. So, um, so when you started Aladino, what was the what was the kind of mission or the driving factor behind this brand? Is there something that... Well, I think with this, this cigar brand, uh, the way that we have developed Aladino and the, and, and the way we have developed our brands, this is a true puro. So uh, the Aladino that I'm smoking is the regular uh, natural Corojo wrapper. It's got Corojo binder and it's got Corojo filler. And this cigar is, is normally a medium-bodied cigar, but with full flavor. So it's a medium full-flavored cigar. And I think it's a cigar that almost anybody can smoke because it's medium enough, which is very clean to your palate, but at the same time, a mild to medium smoker will enjoy it, but it's got so much flavor that a full cigar smoker can actually taste the flavor. Now, the San Andres wrapper that you have is also binder and filler of Corojo, and it's got the nat- that, 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 that beautiful San Andres wrapper that gives you that, 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 that complex uh, flavor with a combination of the Corojo, so you get a lot of flavor. But you also get that kind of herbal, chocolatey taste of right. San Andres. And, and I'm a huge Corojo fan. Um, a- absolutely. Just, just always, I feel like it has such a unique flavor, more so than so many other different leaves that, that, uh, that you come across regularly. Um, and I'm smoking it with, co- and I'm drinking coffee today, so I'm really picking up that, the, the, the nuance between the San Andreas and the Croja. I, it, it's really great. I want to try the one. I'll have to get it before I leave tonight, the, one, the Corojo Puro. Correct. And, and like I said, Corojo is, 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 is agronomically as a plant, it's, it's very short. It's about four feet tall. It yields less. Mm-hmm. And it's also, uh, you know, the industry back in the 90s when you had the blue, blue mold, had to do a hybridization of, of Habano and, and, and cross it with that. And so then that where Corojo 98 came in the 2000. So there are other crops that are called Corojo, but, you know, the real authentic seed that we're known for 
And that's what really took us to the next level and known in the industry is, is what you're smoking in Aladino. So do y'all got to get down to the weeds. Do y'all stock cut or is it priming? Everything's priming. You know, Everything's we, priming. It, we usually get in, in, in Corojo maybe about seven primings and, you know, so it's only 14 leaves. Okay. So it's, it's very little. While you get probably nine to ten primings in, 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 in Habano, which is much taller and it yields well, but Habano's a very noble, noble tobacco. It's great. Uh, you know, and so I have other blends like our Connecticut blend. It's got Corojo and it's got Habano. Okay. with an uh, Ecuadorian uh, Connecticut wrapper, and it's just very tasty because I have a Corojo in it, but at the same time, the sweetness of the Habano and the Corojo is just wonderful. Okay, I got to know, what age were you when you smoked your first cigar, your family being I in was, the cigar I, you industry? You know what, I was probably about uh, between 11 or 12, and I was lighting up uh, uh, firecrackers in Christmas, and I got a huge nick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was wondering about that because, you know, um, we've, we've talked to Willie Herrera before yeah. and talking to Willie, you know, he was born, rolled a cigar and handed it to the doctor that yeah. delivered him. Yeah. So, well, he, he did it earlier than I did then. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just thinking about that. So tell me about your family. Tell me about growing up in the cigar business and growing up. Uh, I mean, where's the, so where did you grow up? Where's the farm? Well, I actually grew up in, in, in Honduras, basically grew up in the farm with my dad and, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's. Growing up, we grew up very simple, and you know, where we had a generator, and at seven o'clock at night, you know, we probably started the generator at three or four, and then run the generator until about seven or thirty or eight o'clock at night, and shut off the generator, and then we went to sleep early in the morning. The roosters wake you up, and you know, I would go outside and help the guy milk the cow, you know, bring in fresh milk to the house, and you know, you just did go out and watch everybody grow the tobacco in the fields, and you know, help out get on top of a tractor, get dirty with the mechanics, and run around. That's so you, you, were did. Pro- you were probably working as soon as you could walk. Oh, well, you, at first, maybe probably even not working, but, then, but I did have to work, you know, and, yeah. and, and especially if I misbehaved. I, oh, I got, yeah. We got, you know, when you're on the farm, there's, you're always doing... There's always chores yeah, to be you're done. you're also running around with a BB gun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a cigar cast, but I do have to ask a question. So I was in Honduras. I visited Rotown. And all beautiful on the cruise place. ship. Yeah, beautiful. Loved it. Had a lot of fun with the monkeys and everything there. And I asked the cab driver, what's his favorite food that his mama makes? That's what I always ask when I'm on these trips. Oh, uh, did, they t- t- did they tell you Valiada? He Well, he told me it was stewed iguana. Oh, stewed iguana. I tried it, but it's not stewed. I tried it, and, and they, they kind of put it on a, on a fire, and they, they and then they... And they um, I guess they, they barbecue it or something like that. Okay. Yeah, but it's, so what's, what's yours? What did your mom make growing up? I actually, mean. we have a Cuban dish that is called uh, fricasse de pollo. It's kind of like a, a chicken stew mm-hmm. with, you know, with potatoes and, and tomato. and you know, I've the, had it. And it's fantastic. And it, white rice. That, that's, oh, yeah. My grandmother had that, always had that for me. I used to live down in Atlanta, and there was a little Cuban cafe. It was a little hole in the wall, just and, and I fell in love with Cuban food. Just, and I'd never had it before, and it was real authentic stuff. So I, I, I've had the dish you're talking about. It's amazing. Yeah, I love, I love cooking, and, and I, love, I, love, I love Cuban food. Yeah, but yeah, i got to watch out. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that's one of the things. You rarely find cigar guys that don't love food because I think it is a palate thing. I think as you develop a palate, it kind of translates across the board. And we also have the roasted pigs. We have, you know, we have the chicharrones, which are, uh, cor- I mean, uh, uh, pork skins. Uh, pork skins, yeah. 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 So you know we're you know we we love food you know and as Caribbean 
descendants, you know, we, we love food. You know, it's, it's, it's all not so spicy. <clears throat> Cuban food is not, it's very, right. we're not, not too much into More spice. savory. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's, but it's great, too, because when you're barbecuing a pig or if you're doing something, you're cooking outside, it's a perfect opportunity to have a cigar. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, so, one of the questions that we ask every guest that we have on the show is you're stranded on a desert island. Quantities and price are no option, but you've only got one cigar. What do you want it to be? Oh, it's got to be now in Aladino, <laughs> for sure. No one has gone off brand yet. No one has <laughs> gone off brand yet, no. Uh, well, I could also have an Aroa. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, your father getting ready to sell Camacho. How big a deal was that to the family? Was it, a, was it something that... How did that come about? They just we would like well, to purchase you know, it. It's some things that just just happen, you know, and, and you know, uh, everything is probably probably kept very secretly until you you never know it's going to happen or not. Right. But I probably, it, you know, in 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 a case, sometimes an opportunity shows up, and that's something that my brother and my dad managed, and I wasn't I wasn't part of that, and and probably. After you do it, and then you know, time passes. Probably my dad is the one that suffered the most because, you know, he he always wanted to be very active, and 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 that's what keeps him active. That's why he's back in the business. So, you know, sometimes it's good, uh, you know, because sometimes you, you could probably have a more secured future. But at the same time, you know, you lose your activity and your day to day, and that kind of probably tough you know what i'm saying well it's i was just i was sitting here thinking about it as you were talking to us for the show you know i built my business from nothing i draw custom home plans and i built it from nothing and i am my business and it's so intertwined and i thought well, what if somebody came in and offered to buy my whole business would i how how would i feel about that so i was curious how kind of it felt for your family and how it it had to be an emotional thing it, it, it becomes very emotional I had a water bottling plant and I had and I sold it and then after that I was I dreamed that I, at night that I had you know I had to get up in the morning check the trucks check the routes you know buy all the raw materials mm-hmm. you know everybody is, is engaged in that life and then you know all of a sudden you don't have it and you know you wonder what you're gonna do next you have to rewire your brain you have to rewire your brain completely so it's it's, it's it could be satisfying, but at the same time, you know, once, you know, human beings are have, is, are, have a nature of habit. Right. And once you're used to something, you know, changing 180 degrees is, is hard. And that's why a lot of people, you know, might go, fall into depression or do something. And, but, you know, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, you need to adapt yourself and really gear up your mind to do changes. So where did the name Aladino come from? Well, Aladino's got couple of, 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 of the way I put it Aladino is Aladdin like Aladdin the lamp uh-huh. and uh, 1947 to 61 you can see it in the band you can read that in the band and that's the epic era of Cuban cigars and so Aladino brings you to the pinnacle of, of, of cigar greatness in Cuba so that's why we put Aladino. So Aladdin will take you when you smoke, and Aladino bring you back to the greatest era of Cuban cigars. I like that. Yeah, so I think that's my best explanation to it. I knew there had to be a story behind it. Yeah. That, yeah, that's yeah. that's awesome. So what what's the future? Are y'all more brands? Are y'all... Uh, well, right now, you know, we need to establish a foothold with the consumers and get a brand to be known. And... You know, the only way to do this is, you know, travel around, get to meet and greet. And that's why I'm very happy to have met you here. And thank you for the opportunity. So, 
I think it's, it's, it's it, people need to smoke it, you know, and it, it's a matter of building brand loyalty and getting out there and people to know it. So I, I thank you again, guys. So this episode will go out on August 17th, so this coming Saturday. What events do you have coming up? Do you have any dates coming up of places you'll be that... Uh, right now, I, I got it. As a matter of fact, uh, I've been on the road. This is my fourth week straight back-to-back. Oh, so you're getting ready to... So I'm, so I'm ready. Put your feet up for a second. Yeah, I'm ready <laughs> put up my feet up for a second. And I know in October is probably going to be... Uh, next month, it's going to be... I got uh, a couple of family weddings that I need to attend to, and I got to, you know, kind of re-gear. But... Uh, I got it. I don't know yet what I'm having. Not really. I haven't because I've been in an event and an event in the past couple of weeks. Gotcha. Yeah. So we're catching at the tail end of your whirlwind yeah, yeah, tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's been it's been it's been rough. <laughs> Are bet. you doing the Tampa Cigar Bash in October? Will y'all be no, there? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not going to be. Is, is that that? Is, who, who does that? Is that Corona Cigars? Uh, Casa. Oh, Casa. Casa de Monte Cristo. Casa de Monte Cristo. No, no. I'm not. I'm not going to be there. No. Okay. No. I've got my tickets. No, I've got but my that's VIP yes, passes. Yes, I can't wait to go. I guarantee you're going to have a fantastic time. Those those are great people. I've never been to. Ybor City. Oh, Ybor City is, is, is the capital of, of, of cigar industry. Even though, you know, it's a slowly the industry's died down there, but it used to be the center, the center, it used to be the Washington, D.C. of cigars. So, one last thing. We, we promised we wouldn't hold you long, and I really appreciate you taking the time for us. One last thing from me, and then we'll let Trey ask something. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is so you're what's the what's kind of the feeling in the cigar industry about the Cuban thing and the opening up trade and does it does it even matter to the average cigar provider you know uh, everything you know if you were to get a box of any cigars and you put a sign in any humidor and says limit one per person you're going to want two right so I think today the industry in Nicaragua, Dominican Republic, and Honduras are making way better cigars than Cuba because Shane, we, have all, we have all the resources. Shane I mean, and I both agree with that. And, you know, today the industry, the amount of great cigars that are out there and great manufacturers that are out there, I think the U.S. consumer is actually completely spoiled of what they're getting. I think so. And uh, so if Cuba was to open up, you know, it's just going to be another competitor. It's going to be just like DR. It's going to be like Nicaragua. It's going to be Honduras. During the boom, Honduras was the biggest manufacturer in the industry. Today, Honduras is, is falling in third place, but Honduras has the highest salary of all three companies, three countries that manufacture. So it's okay. so it's so, so it's, it's quality over quantity. Yeah. So it's so it's so it's 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 one of those things that you know the, the dynamics of manufacturing will change. Like many many years ago, you know. Taiwanese products were everybody manufactured. Then he moved to China. Now he's moving to Vietnam. So that's 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 the way it goes. It's, it's, that's the way the industry evolves. So speaking of the industry evolving, um, what's what's one thing? And this, and then we will let you go. I promise. Um, what's the one thing that you would love to see happen in the industry? Um, I, there's a lot of change going on right now. We're seeing a lot more collaborations between different blenders and companies. We're seeing a lot of uh, uncertainty about what's happening with the FDA. What, what's the one thing that you would love to see about the industry change going forward? Well, I think, uh, you know, the regulations, is, they could be over, over, overwhelming and, and, and really put a hurt in the industry, which is a very small industry. You right. know, it's, it's not a big industry. And I've seen there is a lot of hypocrisy with the FDA 
because you could definitely start regulating and get more money out of the cannabis industry and you know and, and marijuana right and they're not doing that when you smoke a cigar you're not impaired so you could get out of the you know the cigar lounge or your chair and drive your kids to school you can't do that if you smoke a joint right right and there's no regulations there so i mean if you're going to really regulate you need to regulate what really causes harm right and and i, and I think that's something that they really needed really need to evaluate and see how much harm they're doing because at the same time there are not too many things that you know you could take your stress out sit with friends of any class of, of, of you know whether you're a lawyer or a truck driver or you know a rocket scientist and enjoy something and, and, and talk friendships and do business and relax it's like playing golf and I see I see that in the industry and it's something that they should not destroy or take it away and not make it so expensive with all the overburden of taxes. Right. So that's for me, is the biggest concern. Excellent. Well, I really appreciate you sitting down and taking the time with us this afternoon. Uh, it's, it's always a treat when we get to meet someone new and, and learn more about your product, your brand, and, and kind of your story a little bit as well. I will. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And thank you for just, you know, Well, thank you, Justo. Appreciate the cigar. We're... Uh, we're going to enjoy it for the rest of the show and talk about it, but um, I'm I'm loving the Maduro wrapper on it. Alex had sent me the Corojo, Corojo, Corojo is what he called it. Then at the end, I'll hook you up with some reservas. <laughs> All right. Oh, awesome. Excellent. <laughs> thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Have a beautiful thank you. day. You too. Appreciate thank you. It. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us for this episode. Uh, want to thank our guest once again. Want to thank you all for listening. Um, a little bit of behind the scenes here, just before we wrap it up this week, wanted to give you guys all a heads up that Shane and I are about to take the next two weeks off. Uh, we have not taken a break since we started the podcast 130 however many weeks ago. And, but the, the main reason is not because we're tired. It's because of what we talked about last week, trying to make the show better for you. There's some behind the scenes things that need to be updated and done. And the, the time constraints that we both find ourselves under uh, just made it impossible to continue to record and produce the show for the next two weeks while we're trying to get that stuff unfolded. So next week, you will find a, an episode that we recorded at the beginning of the summer in your feed. So it'll still be unheard to you. So you still get some good new content. The following week will take off. And so there won't be a new episode in your feed, but uh, we'll be back on September 7th in your in your news feed or in your uh, podcast feed with brand new uh, layout of the show brand new format all new content we'll be back at it well thank you everybody for listening and until next week have a great cigar and think well of us mm-hmm.